This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Oh, what's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Polly, how you doing? Uh, not good. Yeah. Uh, Caps fans, we've got a great episode. We're here to suffer with you. Uh, obviously, we'll be, uh, you know, we've got the we've got the bottles cracked, and we're ready to uh, drown our sorrows. And luckily, we have Iron Man himself, Carl Alsner, joining here later in the stream as soon as we uh, do this ad read and pop some tabs. So, <clears throat> if you didn't know, it's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet in the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for over 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over on the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right, you can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1500 pl- people that bet the over in the featured game the line will decrease by one point yes this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting so tell your friends and family this is a team effort hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money that's promo code thpn for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook again that is DraftKings sportsbook code thpn i need a fucking drink polly how about you yep one two three all right, adding to the stream now, Carl Alsner. What's going on, man? Again, oh man, just you know, just uh, trying to unpack everything right now. It was, uh, I mean, the series has been great, so not surprised that the game was was entertaining, but not the result we were looking for, obviously. But it's good hockey, and that's uh, that's what's fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> God, what a ball breaker, man! I. So many fingers can be pointed at so many different things. You know, I mean, it's not one thing that loses you a game, right? And we were talking, uh, you know, the the whole Dowd penalty right after he scores the goal that that puts us ahead. I mean, that fourth line, we talked about it during the regular season constantly, how good they were. Um, You know, I just, oof. (laughs) You know... And I mean, what can you attribute that to as a player? I mean, is it just getting getting caught up in the moment? I mean, well, was he just trying to do a little gamesmanship there? Like, what, what was he thinking? You know, it's tough to say for sure. I mean, that was a – if you're trying to take his speed, give him a little hook and, and kind of ski off him a little bit, it was a weird spot to to try and hook on to on up towards the arm <laughs> shoulder area. Right. So – he makes you think that he was, you know, just trying to toe the line like like the line has been the whole series and it's been working great. I mean that they don't they don't really need to change anything that they've been doing so far. 
but if that's what he was doing, you know, he got caught. Unfortunately, we <laughs> talked about it earlier. It was maybe a little bit of a weak neck, weak neck syndrome there, and uh, that's what happens. He get a penalty, but um, you know, I it's it was bad timing, and I'm sure he'll look back on that and be pretty upset with himself for it. But you just get caught up in the excitement and how you you want to continue to get under guy's skin and do what you can, but it's like when you get a speeding ticket, you just drive slow for the next you know, hour that you're driving because you, you feel shame. You know, it's kind of like that too. You're doing so good. I'm making record time. Oh, I just got caught. I better slow down. So right. hopefully it doesn't ruin the, the edge that, that he's been playing with because he still needs to do what he's doing. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I don't think, I mean, the fourth line has been playing physical, but I don't think they've been exceptionally dirty. I mean, Hathaway is in there giving out face washes and, you know, knocking guys over after the whistle, which I love, but he's not, you know, <clears throat> I don't know, hacking people in the head like Brad Marchand. <laughs> no, he's not, but he's doing a good job. Like it's, he, he's able to, to tiptoe right, right down that line right now. And that's, uh, it's funny, like, a different side of guys come out in the playoffs and it's fun to see how, how guys, what, what guys decide to do, you know, if they're going to decide to be maybe a little bit more chippy, if they're just going to work harder, if they're going to be that game breaker type, like who, who knows? And it's fun to see, like we, we knew he had a bit of an edge already, but I think he's taking that to another level and he's doing a really, really good job of it. And those guys bug you and you're always waiting to get a shot on them. If you can, you know, just, just one little hack to the back of the knee or on top of the laces, just, just send a message. And, uh, sometimes it consumes you a little bit. So he's, he's not playing dirty. He's, he's playing smart and you know, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, I, I have no complaints with it right now. <laughs> right. Right. <clears throat> I, I mean, fair enough. Uh, I guess we'll just do a real quick, uh, kind of how the, how the whole league looks in the playoffs right now, you know, regular season officially over today is, Calgary and Vancouver finish their matinee. Uh, series counts Washington down bo- to Boston, uh, two to one. And, uh, the Islanders and Pittsburgh, they're even at one. Colorado beat St. Louis, which we, I think we all kind of called, um, Vegas and Minnesota. That is tied at one. Vegas, uh, taking one, or I mean, Minnesota taking one from Vegas at home. The opener kind of jumped out and hit him in the mouth, which, I love to see. I can't stand Vegas. So, uh, yeah, Tampa, I mean, you know, it sucks because we got Chandler Stevenson on that team, you know, Nate Schmidt at one point. Uh, but I, I'm not a, not a big Vegas George, fan. George McPhee, if you like Tim. Right. I, you know what? I did until he traded away Philip Forsberg. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people felt that way too, but hey, he's still a heck of a, a heck of an operator of a team. The, the guys and, a, and an unbelievable a plus human being too. Fair if enough. If that helps. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you know him personally, like you do, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll take your word for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he's a good guy. And you know what? I feel like you're actually one of the first people I've ever heard say that. I feel like, uh, for the most part, Vegas seems to be most people's second favorite team. You know, they, they love the story. They love what they've been able to do. It looks like it's a blast to, to be there, which it is, and and they're running the organization the right way from everything that I hear. So, um, yeah, you're an anomaly. I think you're an anomaly. Uh, that's I haven't I haven't asked everybody in this hockey world, but <laughs> yeah, sounds no. like it to me. Well, how about we, how about you, Paulie? Yeah. Well, so I kind of feel the same way. Um, I'm also 
uh, an Avalanche fan, so they kind of have something brewing there. But yeah. just like constant excuses on social media from the the Vegas fans, and it's there's already this sense of entitlement. So just kind of that combination. It's like dealing with like Ohio State fans, but never winning a championship. The At least Ohio yet. State, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> Ohio State University. Uh, well, you can't you can't let the fans dictate how you feel about the team. I mean, I guess maybe you can a little bit, but. I, I feel like as a as a hockey team, they're a blast to watch. Like so much fun. Their uniforms are sweet. Besides, maybe those helmets. I'm not sure. Oof. Yeah, how I, I feel about those yet. No. But the I mean, the building. If you haven't had a chance to watch a game there, I mean, it is. It should be a. It should be high on your priority list to get down there and watch a game because it is. It's energetic. If you ever watched wrestling growing up, WWE. I mean. It's pretty much WWE, but on ice. Like no shit. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the people who the people who do their in-game ops came from wrestling, so they know how to get the buzz going. They know how to make it a spectacle, and it is that. So that that's what makes me like Vegas. Like, I mean, if I never if I never played, I'd have a Vegas hat guaranteed. I'd just be like, this is this is my team. They just <laughs> they just seem like they're having so much fun. Well, I, I am always rooting for Flurry. I yeah. I grew. I mean, I liked Flurry even when he was on the Penguins. It's just something about that guy. He's lovable. So um, I'm not too upset when they have success because it's usually because of him. But uh, yeah, the fans—they're yeah. tough. I think I'm just a curmudgeon, man. I just—I don't know. Like, I look at them, and <clears throat> it could be jealousy. It could just be. I think the sense of entitlement, and then not from the players, obviously, but you know the the fans. I think the players. I, th- I think the story was great uh, because these were all like shunned players, right? I mean, their their team didn't see any value in them, but then they came together and, and you know, McPhee did a brilliant job of raking other teams over the coals, like during that whole back channel thing. I'm incredibly interested to see how um, Seattle reacts <laughs> because I think other teams at this point are like, Oh no! <laughs> you got me last time. I'm not. I'm not going to sell the farm just so just to save one player. Uh, so, I mean, it's that's definitely a, when the when the Kraken come out. I'm going to be interested to see like what kind of back uh, back channel deals happen. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So so that series is tied one one. Tampa Bay uh, has come out and smacked Florida twice at home. That's uh, something I didn't re- I didn't think was going to happen. I think that's probably the only more physical or on par physical series uh, to the Washington uh, and uh, to the Washington Boston series. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching their games a little bit, and it it's very fun hockey. Actually, I think the two most entertaining series I've seen so far are Vegas, Minnesota, and Tampa Bay, Florida. Yeah. It's just. Really good hockey. <clears throat> no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah. Carolina beats Nashville tonight. What Was it one nothing? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think they just three, slightly three edged them out. Oh, 2 nothing. Oh. I think two empty netters. I think yeah. they went 3-0. Oh, 3 nothing. nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't have much hope for Nashville, uh, to be completely honest. I think they kind of limped in. Um, so, unsurprising to see Carolina look scary, man. Um, I think they might make a, a deep run. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might. It's funny. Like I have this, uh, <clears throat> I have this, I guess this thought of Carolina because 
they they were never very good whenever I played them. Like throughout my whole career, they were never very good. I mean, when Eric Stahl was there, they they had they had their times, but um, so I just I see them as just that that other team, you know. So it's kind of yeah. weird to see them where they are right now. But I mean, it's clear they they're doing what they're doing, and you know, it, we we won't get to see for sure until they get out of out of the division, right? That's the that's the question we have about all these teams is, you know, they're they're doing so good against these teams they've played already eight times or however many times now. And uh how are how are they gonna fare against everyone else? Like Toronto. That's the question everyone has about Toronto. What right. what are they gonna be like once they actually get out of that that goal scoring division that they're in right now? And are they still gonna be able to to compete defensively or in maybe some of these tighter checking divisions? So um I mean I would love to see them do good. I mean, Carolina does good. It's good for the league. So let's let's hope that they continue to roll. It's it's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it, it's not a series. I don't think that's grabbing too many too many eyeballs. Not like the Florida one. The Florida one's really fun. Yeah, like you said, Paulie. That's a that's a hard hitting series, and and nobody knew exactly which Tampa Bay Lightning are we going to get. Is Kucherov going to be good? Stamkos, Hedman. What are we going to see here? And it's a little bit scary. We're seeing <laughs> yeah. Tampa of last year. It's it, uh, yeah. watch out, everybody else. It's a little right. suspect. The whole yeah. long term <laughs> IR getting no, because there's no cap in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's very convenient. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was hearing the guys talk about it yesterday on the radio. It's like it is convenient, and if I mean, if it works, you look like geniuses, but. It's tough. Like, imagine, you know, I mean, teams can do it, but like, go your entire season without Ovi, you know, go your entire season. I mean, Pittsburgh kind of does it because one of those two, Malkin or Crosby, seems to be out for a while every season and they still find a way. So right. it's just not, it's not a strategy that, that seems like it's going to work on paper, but it's, it's working. They, I guess their team is that good that they, they could still do what they did. Yeah. Talk about powerhouse then, right? Yeah. I mean, having that, having yeah. that deep squad. And now this year they have Stamkos. So, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're seeing shades of them from last year. And, you know, I had them out. I was like, nah, they're they're not going to make it out of the first round. I think this is, you know, Florida is going to make a run with a Quinville coach team. But, you know, and Jill Quinville knows a little bit about uh, about sheltering uh, some cap, you know. (laughs) So, uh, interesting. I guess uh, karma is is a bitch, huh? Well, well that team is going to rely so he- they rely he- they're you know what's going to turn them is their goaltending, right? They they got an yeah. unreal team. They they're stacked up and down and they have a good goalie, but he just hasn't hasn't lived up to the the price tag right now. But if if he did, I mean they would be darn near unstoppable with with what they have what they have on that team. So, it's too bad, but I mean, it's only two games. Yeah. <laughs> it can it can yeah. still happen. We'll see. Well, with the uh, the marketing and the buzz around these teams, do you think Carolina and Vegas would be the most electric Stanley Cup? Uh, Carolina, Vegas, probably not. No, <laughs> I don't, mean, yeah. I would. I mean, I would love to see a uh, a Toronto Vegas. Uh, that would be kind of fun. I mean, a, a Toronto Colorado would be fun as well. But I think, I think. Vegas would be uh, would be a really nice draw to get in there, just because, like I said, it, how much of a spectacle it is. They already allowed a ton of fans and and all that, so it would be pretty neat. Um, but yeah, if you get Toronto in there, obviously we all know 
Toronto thinks it's the, the center of the universe and maybe it is in the hockey world, I guess, but that, that would just uh, be absolutely wild to see, see that city and a lot of Canada go crazy. So good when Toronto does good, it's also good for the league because they kind of drive the market. So um, we just need to get some fans in there too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I was going to call it Canadian bias, which is good because we have none of that on this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I grew up, actually, I grew up a Leafs fan. So I have, uh, I have a little bit of a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for them. Um, so I'd like to see them do good, but I, uh, it's going to be a tough road to, it's gonna be a tough road. I think once they, I, w- I mean, we all assume they're going to make it to the third round, but right. you never know. I mean, Edmonton, Winnipeg, that's, uh, I mean, we, every, you know, everyone thinks that Edmonton's going to get there. Then it's going to be McDavid, Matthews, this and that. But all speculation. If if Toronto does get out of there, I think it'll be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Edmonton, Winnipeg, that series is not at it at nothing right now, but they are playing currently. Um, do you have a score on that, Polly? <clears throat> it is one to one, almost halfway through the third. Wow. So that might that might go the extra time too, um, and then Toronto and Montreal uh, have they they have not played yet, right? Tomorrow they play tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, in uh, Edmonton's goal, neither Dreisaitl nor McDavid were involved. Who was it? Uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Jesse Puliarvi. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, all right. So COVID scare for Vegas and St. Louis. Uh, second round of testing, though. Everybody's good. That's great. Uh, also, league news, uh, Yossi Jokinen retires. Did you have any uh, any interaction with him, Carl? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, not uh, – I guess nothing super memorable. <laughs> no <laughs> no, no great stories I could give you. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, speaking of the Florida uh, bloodbath that's going on, Sam Bennett was suspended one game by the uh, Department of Player Safety on Monday. Uh, so that's that's uh, game two. Did you see this replay, Paulie? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I think it yeah. was an easy decision. The guy had his back turned like the entire time that he was lined up. He went, I mean, he had to have taken, or he was like middle of the ice, went to the boards. Very unavoidable. It, you got to be smarter than that, I right. think. I mean, it wasn't like he turned at the last second. He lined him up. Yeah, like he saw his numbers the whole way. Brutal, brutal. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the retaliation hit, I think, ooh, it was a Barkov got hit earlier or something like that, and maybe it was one of those things. He's, he wants to get a lick in too, and unfortunately, it was the wrong kind of lick. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, we got to protect those stars, I guess, but just not that way. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, uh, let's talk some caps a little bit more in depth. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right, folks. Uh, for the Washington wraparound, we're going to just sit here and drink and cry. Um, so, game two at at home was really sketch. <laughs> like, right off the bat. Um, Craig Anderson... Phoenix Copley goalie tandem, old Craig gets in. Old Craig, old Craig. <laughs> that's what we. That's, sorry, Carl. Yeah, that's what we've been calling him. 
<laughs> um, so, you know, I thought the first period was a bloodbath. You know, love to see it. Uh, but the Bruins opened scoring on a Jake DeBrus goal after a wraparound play that Anderson played a bit too aggressive. And then, you know, to top it off, Dylan, um, you know, pushes his man to the, to the outside, but kind of nicks uh, Anderson there. I think a lot of people were, were really, you know, shitting on Dylan for that. But, I mean, that's a that's a common play. You know, if your goalie's – you don't expect the goalie to be five feet out of the crease like that. Um, and they just couldn't couldn't uh, recover. And DeBrusque buries one uh, basically wide open in front of the net. Um, but that was counteracted shortly after from an Ovi t- uh, power play tip-in uh, or an Oshi power play tip-in from Ovi, which – that play like seemed like nothing. I was like, "Oh, that's a, that's a recycle, right? We're gonna have to reset the whole uh, whole thing." And he just kicks it to his skate, and I mean, the release, man, unbelievable. What's it like, Carl? Like seeing that in practice in real, like right next to him? Like, I yeah, mean, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. The, just the way the way the puck just flings off the stick. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like doesn't even uh, doesn't even have much of a sound a lot of times when he shoots the puck, you know, it's just like, uh, cause I don't know. Cause he's so strong and his stick is so whippy and his curve is so weird. It's just like the, the puck just, just right, like right off of it. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of neat to see. You think you can do it yourself. <laughs> you just flub right. one into the corner. It's funny when some guys will come and try and use his stick and they'll, they'll shoot first shot will be like over the glass. It's wow. like, how the heck do you do? Are you trying to hit a backhand? You can't hit a backhand. It's like, goes, sneaks under the toe or whatever. It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's a different, uh, it's definitely different that release and, and his accuracy and all that. So it's pretty crazy. Well, yeah. You, I mean, I, he clearly saw Oshi there. Like, I think that, I mean, that was well, the play, you know, he was, he mm-hmm. was looking for that. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he does all the time. I mean, he, he knows guys are always trying to get in, in his lane. So he's looking for, the shot pass and and this and that, uh, you know, he's he's smart. He's also a, he's a very good passer. That he doesn't get enough credit for. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's one of their set plays is to when when they're taking away the lane, you you looking for that shot pass, and it's a tough play as a as a defenseman to defend too because you kind of tense up when someone's going to shoot a puck like him, right. and so you almost you all, I mean pro- probably I'd say majority of guys close their eyes. And they're not paying attention, or they're not dragging their stick in the right spot. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a great play. It's a very smart play. Have that, you? Oh, go ahead. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask at practice when he's lining it up and you're scrimmaging against him. Are you just like, oh fuck? Do you just get out? Oh, of he he lets you know. He tells you ahead of time. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll say, "Hey, I'll, I'm going to shoot this one. Get out of the way." So you just stand <laughs> like, like. Not not two feet out of the way, like six, five, six feet out of the way, because you never know <laughs> yeah. that puck may come off the toe the wrong way and, and and go pretty wild. So you just get out of there, and he just zings one short side top corner usually, and then I go up to Grooby because it was usually on Grooby when we were there, and I'd be like, Grooby, you gotta have that man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to save that. <laughs> you just shake his head. Uh, it's pretty funny. You know, speaking of Grubauer, dude, yeah. he needs to win a Vesna this year. Ooh, yeah. I don't think he's going to, but he definitely could. He's, yeah. he's played pretty darn good. I mean, you think it's Vasilevsky again, or or who, who's, oh. who's winning the Vesna? Yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be him. That's he's. I mean, he's had a good year. Flurry's had a great year. It's it's tough. I mean, 
I love what Groovy's done too, but um, it's it's not not always the it's not it's not always the person that should win the award that wins the award. You know, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of politics and who do you like and who's the who's the fancy name that you want to go for, yeah. and that's what that's what ends up winning. Like I keep hearing the Norris talk this year, and and people are still saying Hedman and Hedman's and he's top notch. He is probably the best defenseman in the league but this year was he the best defenseman in the league i don't know but everyone still says says it's him and i feel like there's a couple other guys that have had uh very impressive years that could probably get the nod yeah i think so. uh when when carlson didn't win last year we were saying that how we kind of think sometimes it's the guys who put their time in and the writers are like well they've been nominated three or four times Maybe they weren't the best this year, but we're going to give it to him this time. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that's a possibility? Uh, it could be. It's, hmm. I don't know. I part part of me just thinks that it's like that you don't you don't watch everybody all the time. You're you're not seeing all these the day in day out in every single game. You see the highlights and you watch this. You you hear what other people say and and check the stats and stuff. And so then you're just like. Oh yeah, like that that's the guy, but it it's tough. Like you actually have to you actually have to pay really close attention to what these guys are doing to see what they do and and what kind of value they bring and and Hedman for, I mean, he could be he's definitely deserves to be in the talk every year, but um I mean, I think what Makar has done in in Colorado even though he played less games is is just insanely impressive, not just offensively, but he's he's pretty all around, I'd say. Um I mean, even even the even Adam Fox in New York, like he, I know he's got a the, his issue with him. The knock is that he gets all power play points and stuff. But just watching him closely, the guy just he drives the play. Like he's always making a great pass to start something, and that's uh, that's super impressive. It's really hard to do as a defenseman with how good guys sticks are, and he always finds finds somebody and he's patient, doesn't turn the puck over. So it just depends on what you want to vote for. Some guys want to vote for points. Some guys want to vote for all around. And you're just gonna you're just gonna have that mixed bag, but usually points is typically what what um, wins out. But Yossi, I think, is also one of those names. It's a little bit of a he's a he's a nice name to hear. So you vote right. for him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, you know, I have a question. <clears throat> so if if you get um, if you win a Norris Trophy or if you win like a Vesna, does the team generally have bonuses for that? Like, do you yeah. get money yeah. for that? Yeah, some some uh, some contracts do. You know what? I'm not sure. I would assume. So I, I never had to deal with this, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in my in my uh, my entry level deal, um, we did have stuff like that. Like if I made an all rookie team, um, you know, Calder things like that. You usually have stuff like that in your rookie rookie year. I mean, you you'd have to ask someone like Ovi, or I'd have to ask someone like Ovi, I guess, to see. Um, if he has stuff like that in his contract still, um, cause th- there are, there usually are some performance bonuses, but they're typically when you're younger in your younger contract. Gotcha. But sorry, this is just to go back to these, those, the awards. And this is one of the things that's been bugging me for forever is, you know, why the heck is there a Selkie, but there's no equivalent for the defenseman, you know, like, like there, there could just be a, I mean, I feel like the Norris, I guess, is kind of, Kind of like the Selkie. It's the best offensive defenseman 
typically, right? right? So like the opposite, the opposite of a selkie, yeah. Right. Yeah, like where where is the where is the best defensive defenseman? You know, like give us some <laughs> stats and give those guys some love too, because that that's something that you know doesn't doesn't get much credit, I don't think. So, and there's so many good defensemen that could be highlighted that you know maybe play with a play with a Yossi or play with a Headman that or, or no, not even just someone who's always going out there against the top line taking defensive zone starts and still unbelievable defensive numbers. Cause you know, there's guys out there that, that could get a little love there too. Yeah. I mean, Carl's, yeah. Carl's trying to make a award for himself, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I, I, I would, uh, I would be a big fan of that award because, um, you know, not thinking, I never thought that I was one of those guys, but it was, it was the style of game that I like to pay closer attention to watching, watching those guys play. So um, I don't know. I just think it's maybe an underappreciated person on on a lot of teams. There's always a guy on every team. There's one guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's not sexy to be the shutdown D guy, right? I mean, you're the workhorse. You're doing things that nobody can notice. I mean, it takes a pretty good hockey eye, somebody who's watched hockey or played hockey for quite a long time, to understand like, wow, that was just that subtle like push to the boards was an incredible play because I mean, he, you basically just slowed a slowed the progress down just enough. I mean, it's just a good enough check to, uh, to check the puck there at that time or whatever it is to basically break up the subsequent, like next two steps, you know what I mean? That would have resulted in a goal. Yeah. And I was watching the, when I was watching the Tampa game yesterday and I mean, here we go back again to Victor Hedman. This is why he's in the conversation, but yeah. I think I watched like three shifts in a row or three rushes in a row that he was on the ice for. And every single one of those rushes, he broke up with a stick right at the blue line. And that's that was something like Pierre Maguire came up to me the one year and and was talking about line rushes. And I think me and me and Carly that year were were I think or me and might have been me and Niski actually that year. We were we were really good on line rushes and, and that was the first time I had ever heard someone say, like, you know, I think these guys are really good at line rushes. Pay pay attention to them. So then I started watching that a little bit more from from other teams and and yeah, he's just like stick timing knowing when to step on a guy to put somebody else offside it's just like like this guy he's got it all so you know it's something same thing maybe a little bit underappreciated no doubt no doubt it's funny that you bring up pierre Maguire actually having something valuable and hockey sense to say <laughs> um i know he gets a lot of hate <clears throat> but i yeah. think pierre Maguire is and people are going to hate this. I think Pierre <laughs> Maguire is one of the best hockey minds on TV. He just doesn't articulate it well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he he obviously knows the game really well. He wouldn't be in the position that he's in and have the the background that he has without knowing the game really well. But yeah, I think that I mean, some people rub people the wrong way and he's yeah. Uh, he he's that guy for for a lot of people and, you know, I don't know how he feels about it, but I think he, he does a pretty good job, but he def, he does give you some good insight every now and then. And he's got to have a photographic memory or something because he just knows yeah. everything about everyone. Yeah, yeah, he does. And I I personally I like Pierre. I don't have a I don't have that uh, same thing that other people have that kind of sets them off with him. So um, I I enjoy listening to what he has to say because yeah, it's you're going to be pretty funny or it might be insightful or it might be one of those things where you're like, oh, that's gonna that's going to rub people the wrong way. So it's just interesting. You know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy listening to him. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave my comments <laughs> to myself. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, on to the, about the first game, uh, you know, 
after the the OV goal, you know, the Caps failed to clear. I mean, this was a really good play by Pasternak to, like, jump and palm this puck back in and then make the play to Bergeron, uh, who's in the high slot, wide open, and, and he buries. Um, though, at the end of the first... End of the first, Orlov gets a wrister from the point, and, you know, Hathaway kind of deflects it, and it's a seeing-eye puck, goes into the net. Uh, love to see it. So we end that, I mean, that first period, like, tied 2-2. Two to two. Uh, The second was a lot of a stalemate kind of back and forth with the Bruins. Uh, I think that, you know, the Bruins are, I guess we can give it up to them. They're, they're playing the physical game, but I think that the Caps have the edge on that. Um, but, you know... The, the consequence of that is that Lars Eller goes down the tunnel and doesn't return during the second, which is absolutely brutal. Um, the third opens up uh, a two two power plays that were just goal. I mean, we, we got two power plays back-to-back, couldn't score on them, and then, you know, what, it was seconds after the, the second one expires, the fourth line, you know, Orlov to Hathaway, and a beautiful berry on, um, on Rask. And finally, fucking Taylor Hall, who's who's come alive in this series, uh, <laughs> makes a play in the dog pile and, and ties it up. So, you know, we've got, you know, Craig Anderson, maybe a bit of a shaky start, but then played lights out. Um, you know, at this point, you know, you're always you're always looking 2020 hindsight. Like, does that debrusque gold not go in? Or that Bergeron goal, maybe he makes a good stop. Uh, and then OT, Dylan, uh, you know, another one. Like, backhand clear. I, how many coaches have told you, like, try not to clear it on the backhand. Go to your forehand. He had a guy low. You know, I'm not saying Dylan's a bad guy here. I'm not trying to, like, call anybody out in that sense. But, uh, you know, it, it just results in a in a keep and then a goal from Marshawn. So... You know, I don't know what Carl. What what was your take from all of that? That I know I kind of just kind of plowed through, but you know, I, especially with like the <laughs> Dylan play. Like, can you justify yeah. this a little bit? What's he thinking? There? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't uh, get to sit down and focus on the entire game. So I was a highlight guy last game. But from what I did see, um, yeah, just to look at that at that play, it's like you said, you. Know, you're always told that don't don't try and clear it on your backhand, but we've all been guilty of it because we're like, yeah, this one I'm gonna launch. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah, it's right yeah. out of the zone. <laughs> Let's try it anyways, and then you flub it up the middle. So we've all been guilty of it, but I mean, you you should just uh, you should just eat the puck. You know, you're on your backhand, you just eat the puck. Wait for someone to come and help you, and figure it out from there. But um, we you know who knows he he may have seen something. He may have heard a call, or you know it could have just been a panic play and. And that's that's what happens. So you you look back on it, and yeah, the safe play is you just eat it there and and live to fight another day. That's kind of what should have happened, but I'm sure he knows that. And it's yeah. uh, oh, it's I mean, instant happens. regret. You could tell, yeah. like from after as soon as he put that up the boards, he was like, you could see because I would do the same thing. It's a turn to see where the puck went, and then just like, oh fuck, and then trying to like get back into position somewhere. Um, it, it just, it was weird because I, and I don't know if who the low guy was, but there was a guy that was low in the corner in on that play. So he's on the half boards. Uh, I can't remember who was low. I think it was ba- like a center. So it's probably like Backstrom or, or Dowd. I don't even remember who was out there. I want to say it was one of our, our higher lines, like the first, second line. So it, it might've been Backstrom. 
And to me, the play, I, I swear, like when I saw that happen, I was like, he's never going to go backhand there. Like, you know, back, he's in the <laughs> corner. And, and then I see him like put it back in. I'm like, what, ha- what, what did he think there? I mean, he must've thought he was going to spring someone like, you know, try to sneak it past him on the boards or something. But, uh, but uh, yeah, some sort of breakdown in communication and then just, I don't know. I think he also, I think he did get pressed too. I mean, what do you think, Paulie? Like when you, when you saw that, like, I thought that maybe he thought he was going to get lined up and then. Well, you were saying panic move and all I could think was it's hard not to panic against these guys, oh, especially yeah. <laughs> that line. Um, I, I really, I can see why he would make that play. It's just, it's total chaos. They're all over the place. I really don't hold anything against him for it. Yeah, it wasn't a great play, but in that situation, I, I think it's understandable that he would make that play because it's just they pressure hard and they're they're so good. Yeah, and for some reason he had like a ton of time. Like it was a weird. They like laid off him for for some weird reason. Like uh, I don't know. It was it was quite an odd play that resulted in a goal. But I, I don't think yep. Dylan's a bad guy there. Yeah, you'd have to watch it again. I have to to, dub, to just watch a little closer. But he he may have thought his, his winger was there. You know, like yeah. that's you just you're just shoveling it up to to the to the winger, and and then he's gonna he's gonna battle up a little bit higher. Um, but it's hard to see. I, I mean, I I don't remember exactly what his eyes were doing, so it's it's tough to tell you for sure. But yeah, that's that's usually what happens too. Is you you look one way, like you look you look behind the net, or you look to the to the middle. And then you like, okay, I haven't looked to the right, but it's probably my winger is going to be there. Let's just keep it going. You know, right. and the next thing you know, he's not there. And then you look around like, where are you? You're supposed to be there. It's your fault. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that happens sometimes too. <laughs> you blame someone else sometimes. It, it, you, it's never your fault, right? It's like in golf too. It's like, it's the ground's fault. It's my putter's fault. It's never my fault. I didn't miss that putt. Right, of you know, course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes you need that for your own like mental game is is to blame it on somebody else. Yeah, I need to. I need new clubs. Uh, speaking of which, I really do need to get new clubs. But uh, but <laughs> you know, well, I mean, have you ever been fitted for clubs? Yeah, actually, this is really funny that you brought this up. So i I have clubs. I went to go get fitted, and I was told that my stock clubs were better than. Like you know anything else, don't worry about getting fitted for him. And the the fitter was actually there. I was at the driving range earlier today with my kid, and he was he was there um, at at the range. And I said the same thing. I'm like, hey, I think my wedge, something's wrong with my wedge. Like I'm not getting any spin. Can you look at this thing? He's like, no, nah, it looks fine to me. I'm like, okay, so I do just suck at getting spin on it. So he's like, yeah, just just hold on to that thing. So yeah, I've I've been fitted. Same thing happened with my driver. Completely different brand as well. He's like, yeah, no, your driver's better than anything I could offer you here. So, just forget about it. So, Damn. yeah, but it's, everyone tells me it's what you need to do is go get fitted. <laughs> so it sounds so, like you just need reps, right? So, yeah, I just need lots of reps. Seriously, <laughs> but I tried out one of this guy's clubs and I was striping them. And so, first thing I did when I came home is I said said to my wife, I'm like, hey. Father's Day coming up. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you need anything, this is what I would love. And she's like, "Well, how much is it?" I, you know, drivers are crazy. It's this like six hundred dollar driver, right. and she's like, "You gave me a hundred dollar bill in a card. I'm not going to give you a six hundred dollar driver." <laughs> I'm like, "That touche. You're right." <laughs> um, 
Oh, so pretty funny. My buddy, he just got fitted, and he went to Golf Galaxy. I don't know if you have those up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it, ours are Golf Town, but it's the same thing. Oh, Golf Town, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they they hooked you up to like I mean they hooked him up to a machine like he hit off of one of those track masters and it showed him like yeah you're slicing this hard and you know it's going this far and all this stuff and they were doing like real time adjustments to his club I thought that was pretty cool so. Um, mm-hmm. And, it's for sure worth it. Yeah, you should go get fitted 100%. Like I said, I've been a couple times. It's just I didn't end up doing anything. But there's another one too in the States and uh, it's called Club Champions. That's They're supposed to be like the best of the best. And I was, I was always trying to find one on the road that I could go to and get into because you know, me and Jay Beagle actually, when we were in the minors, we would go – first thing we do when we're on the bus is look up like is there a golf, golf galaxy around – can we go and hit some clubs, hit, hit a few balls, this and that? So that was that's always been my thing in the minors. And so I, I when I was down in Laval, first thing to look for club champions. I got to go get fitted. Need to get my game ready. We're not going to make playoffs, so let's get going here on summer. It's uh, it's hundred percent highly recommended. And there's there's so many good brands right now too that that I mean you just go get fitted and then and then you can pick your brand after that and then order them that way too because the fitters always have their brands they're pushing so right i mean you, you get me going on golf and i can't stop so no dude i'm <laughs> like i'm i'm so jealous of my buddy because he bought like this uh you know we're i'm probably going to look for like a high handicap set right like cavity back like i'm not going to get blades or anything crazy so um you know i'm thinking like Fifteen hundred dollars, I could probably get out of there with a driver, set of irons, couple wedges. Um, I've already got that four hundred fucking dollar putter, uh, which I swear <laughs> to God has shaved at least one stroke off my game. But uh, the, maybe, the birdie maker, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, for I'd say like one out of a hundred shots, it buries for me, so that's worth it, <laughs> worth four hundred bucks for sure. Um, yeah. But he he got this um, he got this driver, dude, and it. Dude, modern drivers. So I have like some played again trash driver, and the face of the driver is two times the area of my <laughs> driver. And and you know he's like over here slicing it and you know trying to dial it in. I'm like, dude, I just fucking let me see that thing. And I take I take I mean I take a couple swings at it, and I am just. I mean, I feel like I'm adding like 50 yards to my drive, like right off the bat, <laughs> just crushing it. Makes this cool sound. I was like, I got to get one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Uh, yeah, it was a ping. Uh, what is it? Ping G425. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't, you haven't seen one up close. Is it? It's, it's nice though, obviously. Yeah, it's got these like cool fins and shit on it. Like, it's, <laughs> like you barely have to swing it, and it's like. Whoosh, like it's making this like it's like cutting through the air. I feel like it's got some sort of aerodynamics that are like honing me in on the ball. I don't know. I'm sure it's <laughs> I'm sure it's 100 percent mental, right? You like you like walk out, like pull the big stick out, and you're just like, oh yeah, like I can't well, miss with this fucking thing. <laughs> well, it's one of the like if you look at any sort of club review, one of the first things they say is like what it looks like. What does the top side look like? Like. How thick is it up top? Because everyone wants to have something that's pleasing to your eye. Yeah. That's half the battle, right? Like you, you want to feel like this club is going to do what it's supposed to do for you. And, you know, if it doesn't look like that, doesn't make you feel good, then it's going to mess with your head a little bit. So, yeah, you, 
it's got to look good. It's got to have a little something to it. But this is, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you how the advertising works here, but there's a company that you should check out. If you want yeah. me to wait and tell you after, no, no, will, you can right? go. You can go ahead, and then we'll just we'll just bill them for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's called Sub Seventy, and Sub-70. I think they're out of. Uh, um, I want to say Syracuse, Illinois, if that is a place, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I, anyways, I have their putter, and uh, and it's uh, it's kind of a smaller company. It's way more intimate. Like you're actually gonna be talking to people who are making your clubs for you, and it will be it will be one person. I think that makes will make your entire set. You can dial it in exactly how you want, and it is half the price of any of these other clubs, if not less than half the price they're they're legit and cool smaller company that's just trying to make it then they have they have people who have worked for the big the big companies before and just decide to go do their own thing now so i would check them out and you'll save yourself some money too and they're supposed to be really good so she's like yeah thanks for telling them about that that's uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well oh yeah Since since you guys text, you know, and uh, still waiting for that to turn into a group chat. So yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, uh, my bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> but since you guys text, Carl, did he tell you that he almost hit a hole in one? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When that when was that? That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was probably about uh, three weeks ago. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was out with our buddy, uh, our, our mutual friend, and and I'm you know we're talking about it coming up because i know it's a short it's a short par three i mean where the box was lined up i think it was like 90 yards it was something ridiculously short and i was like but it's over a ravine so if you if you short it you know you're just retaining you know there's no there's no saving it so you either have to go long or or basically land it right in the middle of the green and i'm like have you guys ever had a hole in one and they're like no never that's crazy like you know whatever they both tee off and I go last and I just, I mean, I strike this thing. I pull the nine. So, you know, I pull way more club than I need and I just kind of half swing it. Just, you know, nice and easy swing trying to get it there. And I swear to God, I mean, it, they're like, I'm just staring in awe and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like, they're going crazy and, and it like lips the cup. They, they're like, dude, I thought it went in for a second. Cause it lips the cup. And then, I mean, I landed maybe inches away. So it was nice birdie putt, but, <laughs> but yeah, they're like, dude, you'd have been in like the newspaper and they'd have put you your name up on, on a plaque up in the, in the clubhouse. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I don't know. I guess that's a big deal. <laughs> that would have been unbelievable, man. Yeah. That would have been, oh, yeah. I've been very jealous to actually, I, I want one so bad, but I've never been that close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get excited uh, you know, if I get a hole in one and putt putt. <laughs> yes. So, so does my four year old. He's probably better than me. <laughs> you can putt. But listen to this. this is, sorry, you stayed on the golf topic here, but this is we had I had my first match play uh, event. So me and Aaron Volpatti, who used to play for the, for Washington, and yeah. uh, he, he lives right by me here. So we're on a team and we're playing. We're in a in a match play um, event here in uh, where we live, and so. We had our first first round of it, and we're playing these older guys. They're like, I don't know, probably in their 60s, I would say, and both retired, and we had no idea what to expect. And so we're talking like, what are we going to do to intimidate these guys? Like, what? Are, <laughs> we, we, we obviously have to do something. And so I'm like, why don't we get on the first tee and just shotgun beers? 
and just see what happens. <laughs> there we go. And, yeah. And Patty's like, I kind of like that idea because he's like, I like to have one or two when I'm playing anyways. It just kind of calms my calms my nerves. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we get sure enough, we get to the first tee and, <laughs> and we just slam these things. <laughs> and then we both shank our tee shots. <laughs> <And> these, <laughs> these two guys just right down the middle, you know, like the old guy swing where they just pop it in the middle every single time. Right. And we're like, okay, maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> and we get up. We ended up just figuring it out, getting it up there, and we think we tied the first hole, but then we went on a tear, and we won the next couple of holes, and, and we were feeling pretty good about ourselves, and then, of course, you know, what happens is he, Aaron's having a couple, I have a couple, <laughs> but then the other guys get into it, and now now they're, these guys start drinking too, and then they start losing their game a little bit. <laughs> And so we ended up taking advantage of it and and, and winning and in the end, I think we won on seventeen. It came down kind of to the end, wow. uh, but it was just like we were dying laughing because it turned out to be a pretty fun round of golf. And they and they took part. It wasn't just them grinding out there and us just having a ball. So it was it was a fun first match play. I can't wait for the next one. Figure out what we're gonna do. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. I mean, are these like are these like uh like old rich heads that are just out there, or like what are they just like retired guys or? We live in an area where there's quite a few people come out here to retire. And okay. so, uh, you know, they're just, yeah, they're, they just got involved in this tournament. There's like, uh, there's quite a few players on there and we would be at the, like at the lower end of the spectrum of talent in this, in this tournament. So oh, wow. I think our team and the team we played. And so everything is all handicapped and all that. So it, it ends up being even, but, but yeah, we're going to have some stiff competition here. So we'll see. We'll see how serious we take this next one if we're a little bit more. I don't think we will be. I think we'll still probably end up trying to shotgun beers and messing with them a little bit. <laughs> see if we can throw them off. We'll have fake beers, non-alcoholic beers. Just <laughs> pretend we're slamming them the whole time. And then they'll be like, yeah, let's do it too. And yeah, hopefully, there you go. That's yeah, a strategy. It's the that, that's it. Get your opponents drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have the fortitude to do that because, man, I mean, that's like part of the draw of, of going out – I mean, because you're out there for like what four hours to play a, to play around, you know? Yeah. You know, just yeah. have like you know. I'm not saying you have to get. I mean, because I've definitely had too much on a course, and then it's just like this was a waste. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like I can't even see straight. Why am I even out here? But like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, Why well, we say it's like it's not it's not worth it to pay a hundred bucks to to not have fun, you know? Like, right. That, that some people do that and they, they pay to play and they're just like grumpy the entire time. So you're not, not getting enough birdies, not, not getting enough pars, whatever. And it's just like, I get upset because I have high expectations of myself, but I know my game's not good enough to warrant those high expectations. So whatever, I'm going to pay, pay my fee and I'm going to enjoy myself. And if that means popping a couple tops, then yeah. we're going to pop a couple tops. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Um, which is, so Putting it back to hockey, like, so it's funny because Polly is has brought non-alcoholic beer, just to he's just like I just want to have a beer, and I'm like okay, that's uh, and it was for a diet. You were on a diet, right, or something? You were, or was it Lent? What was it? You're giving uh, something up? No, I was after the New Year. I was just trying to not drink for January. Okay, sober January, sober January, dry January, dry yeah, January. January. And did you make it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh i think i ended up having a real beer at a beer league game yeah but God, i was I drinking was. non-alcoholic heineken and it's actually i mean it's not bad 
Yeah, it tastes oh, like yeah? regular Heineken, just no alcohol. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, well, when you were playing, I mean, were there times where you were like, I mean, I'm sure diet is, well, for some players, I mean, we've all heard the stories of Ovi just like being a house, but like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, who was it? Brooks Orpic on Spitting Chicklets was like, dude, Ovi just eats ridiculous food. He drinks like Coke on the bench. Is is Orpic the one who said he grabbed his water bottle? Yeah, he grabbed his water. He's like, you gotta be careful which water bottle you gotta you're grabbing on there because yeah. he's got like Dr Pepper in one of them. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, o- yeah, Ovi and Backy, and I think Semen too would have uh, would have usually. Coca-Cola in their in a water bottle and they would they would yeah, they would just slug it back when they'd come off the bench. Not all the time, but but occasionally. And now now I think they do more more Gatorade and BioSteel and stuff like that. But oh yeah, like I would say there was probably five or six guys that would have a have a pop in between periods. Like I was one of those guys. I'd have a Diet Coke between periods all the time. No just shit. something something to sip on besides water and Guys have Red Bulls and all that stuff too, but yeah, that, lots lots of guys drink something different. But I don't know how common it is anymore, and I don't know if, if he's still doing it. He loves Dr Pepper though. Now he calls them his peppers, and he's just, <laughs> just yeah, he does. It's funny because like <laughs> I think of this from the trainer's perspective, you know, like they clean the dressing room after they got to change the garbage garbage bags out and stuff like that, and like he would have. He would take like a huge swig of it and like rinse his mouth out with Dr. Pepper and then have like another huge gulp and then and then just dump the rest of like half a can or whatever into the garbage can. I'm just like, oh, like like how gross is that garbage bag when they have to pull it out because he does it once a period, you know? It's like there's just so much pop in there. It's it's really funny. But yeah, he's he's one guy that does it. So yeah, so where were you going with your line of questions? Yeah, so I was like, well, <laughs> apparently I'm mean, eating clean because, you know, all these – this is like a huge thing now. I mean, obviously, D1 athletes, their diet is highly regulated. You know, people who are like Instagram fitness influencers, they're like, you got to eat clean. You got to meal prep. You got to boil your chicken and have zero flavor and fat and like all this stuff. I mean, is that is that the case or – what did you well, do, I guess? I'll say this. Like I saw some uh, guy posted his what he would eat in a day if he's a D1 football player. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how do you eat that? Like that's just – that's garbage food that you're putting <laughs> in your body. Like who's who's allowing you to do this at this school? Like, what school is it? So everyone has a different opinion on what's good for you and what's not. And I will say this. Like I, I – do a ton of research on food and um, I like to think I'm fairly knowledgeable about it. But while I was playing um, there's times you're just trying to get calories in you, you know, like you just, you're pretty much eating whatever and you can only eat so many like good, good things for you. Boiled chicken breasts. Yeah. Things like that. (laughs) Like, like what Orpy would eat. He he would, he was as strict as they come. Like I asked him one time, we had these yogurt parfaits on the plane. And I said to him, like, would you eat one of these? And he just goes, no, wouldn't do it. I'm like, I'm like, how come? Yeah, I'm like, how come? Because uh, you don't know, like, what kind of granola it is or what? He's like, well, that and there's probably so much sugar in that yogurt. Like, it's there, there's no chance I'm going to eat that. And I just laughed. I'm like, if I look at this at the time, like, I was a little bit younger then. I'm like, if I look at this, I feel like this is probably one of our healthiest options on this plane right now. 
Like, you know, if you're, if you're hungry, you should, this is probably what you should eat. But no, he was, he was super strict hip. It's funny. The Brooks is Brooks Orpic and Brooks like were the two, two most strict eaters ever. This is a funny story actually. So we were in Winnipeg and we went out to the, um, to the shark club there. It's right by the rink. And it was, we got in there kind of late after a game. So there was, I don't even know, maybe eight of us that went out to, to grab a couple beers and some food and, and it was one of those days we're just like, whatever, let's just get some calories in us. So we ordered burgers and poutine and all this stuff. And so there's like half a poutine left. And um, and we all joked. We're like, hey, Brooksy, like, Brooks, like, uh, will you eat this poutine? He's just like, not a chance. And we're like, come on, we'll, we'll give you a hundred bucks for you. He's like, no. And so, of course, we all started getting in on it. We're like, okay, we'll give you 500 bucks. And he's like, no, I'm not eating that poutine. So Mike Green's there. He's like, he's like, I'll give you a thousand bucks if you do it. And then back, he's like, yeah, I'll also give you a thousand. Then we had like five, we got up to like $5,000 to give this guy to eat the poutine and he would not do it. And we're just, yeah, I'm like, man, to have that kind of power or just at that point, you were just being stubborn or whatever, wanted to, to, to just prove that you could not do it. I don't know. It was crazy, but he wouldn't do it. And we're just like. Greeny's like, fine, I'll eat this poutine for free. <laughs> like Greeny's a beauty. He'd just do anything there. It was it was really, really funny. Dude, so yeah, that was that was a good one. Would would they drink though? Like would they have like a yeah. liquor or they what, what would they drink? Like vodka yeah. sodas? Yeah, that's usually what, what uh, Brooks like would have some sort of vodka water or something like that. Or P I saw he he would drink beers every now and then. I saw him have a few, but he was just, you know, like he he was he was what you would hope to be <laughs> what what you right. wish you could be like you know like he just did things the right way and the ultimate pro and he like i will say this like orpy changed that culture on that team it was it was crazy the food changed in the locker in the locker room on the plane everything was different when orpy got there and at first you, you get a little pushback from guys but then then you start to realize like like this is this is good this is a good change our meals because your meals are for there for you every single every single uh, pretty much every meal you get to eat at the rink now. Um, so at least you have better options. And it was funny. Like I went through, I went through times where, like me and Carly, when we were there, we went through a, a period where. So my wife bakes quite a bit, and she had these cupcakes. So I I brought some to give to him, like to have for to have after the game or whatever. He's like. He's like, have you had one of these yet? I'm like, yeah, I actually had two of them for pregame snack. <laughs> and he's he's like, okay, I'm gonna have these now too. So he ate two. He had a goal and assist that game. I had two assists, and we're like, damn, like we gotta do this again. So the next game, we had more cupcakes. Like we only had one that time each. And then I think he had another goal. I had another assist, and we rode that train for probably probably four or five games. We were eating cupcakes for pregame snack, and then Paulie's we namesake. Dry. Polly's namesake yeah, here. He's loving exactly, this. Exactly. <laughs> just for you. So anyways, as I'm saying this, we went through times where we would just kind of eat whatever. And then other times we were a little bit more strict. And so anyways, this led me to my time in Montreal where I was um, just having like just really, really bad gut irritation. It was, could not figure out what was going on, asking the trainers there, didn't know what to do. And so I called Greg Smith, who's the old trainer for the Caps because yeah, I, I go to Smitty for a lot of things, even still, and just said to him, like, this is what's happening. What do you think? He said to, you know, settle the stomach down with some good over-the-counter stuff and then just eat everything from the earth, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. So straight to fruit, vegetables, some some uh, grains or potatoes, 
and uh, everything was was fine. So I went for like a week of that. It was all good. I felt really good. Did another week of that. Felt really good. And and four years later, now I'm a strict vegan. <laughs> no <laughs> which shit. Is, yeah, vegan? which is kind of a weird thing. I'm, I think I hear that Chara is the same way too, but I've never talked to him. I think uh, O'Reilly in St. Louis is also on that train as well. Max Pacioretty dabbles in that too. So I, I sh- sorry, I should go back and, and not say strict vegan because I still have, I'm not vegan in that sense of the word, plant-based. And um, yeah, it's been four years now that we've been doing this and it's crazy how the ebbs and flows of eating can happen. And now we're, now we are where we are. So yeah. Blowing my mind. So you don't eat meat like a steak. You won't eat a steak. No, no steaks. No, nothing like that. It was it was hard during the season. Like when we were still playing, we'd go to go to a steakhouse because all the guys are going and they'd have all these things. I'd have a baked potato and a salad and then broccoli and another salad or something like that. Because wow. there was just at some of these places there's just no options, right? But right. there it's getting better and better now. So you just have to be more prepared. So I'd bring my, my meals on the road with me. And then teams would the team would finally be like, okay, well, what, what would you eat for pregame meal? And the next thing you know, you start to see more more of the the things that that we could have. And there's actually there's actually a lot of guys now that are are getting into it and and doing a lot less meat because of all the studies and stuff that are out there. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird. But um, it's good lifestyle now. Wow. So <laughs> what, so okay. So that is crazy to me because. I figured like meat, so you have to eat a lot more. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when you go plant based, right? Like, like one little salad is not going to hold you over a day. Cause I'll be honest, I've, I've, I, I eat like once a, a one big meal a day and I might snack out. That's it. I mean, obviously I'm not burning the calories that you guys were or anything like that along those lines. You know, I sit at a desk and, and talk to people, but you know, that is uh like so do you have to you've got to be eating in mass right like way more than you would when you're eating uh meat is that right or am i wrong well no i mean it's that's that's a bit of the misconception i guess it's like just because you don't eat meat doesn't doesn't mean like it's just salads all day right there's so many things you can have that that just don't have an animal product in it and so it's uh like I'm lucky because my wife's a great cook, and so uh, it's not that we're just eating this bland food all the time. Like we're eating the same stuff that that people would eat. It's just with different products in it. So um, it's not it's not anymore. You still another misconception is how much protein you need to actually um, you know live and excel and and perform at a high level. You don't you don't need as much as you think. And um, yeah, it's 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 kind of funny. Like I. We had had my trainer in, in Laval when I was there. He he started doing it too while while we were uh, while I was there because he's just like yeah, I've been wondering how I've been wondering if somebody can play while doing this. And then I came along and and was doing it, and he was just like, okay, it's interesting. So now he got on it. It's just you just have to do a little bit of research and figure out what kind of food you're eating, and you don't you don't want to take out um, take out meat and then all of a sudden have all these like a ton of these highly processed um, you know pretend meats because that that goes down the wrong path too. And people are like, Oh, I can eat uh, chips all the time now. Cause there's no meat in them and this and that. And <laughs> yeah. You go down, you can go down the wrong path pretty quickly. Um, so it's just research, but there's like Instagram for that and tons of accounts that you can yeah. follow. And 
yeah, you just you just got to put a little effort in. There's maybe a little bit more planning. You don't just have your your meat, your vegetable, and your starch all the time. You you have to actually concoct a meal. So it's uh, it changes changes your time in the kitchen. But like I said, I have my wife for that. She's she's really good at it. <laughs> and so no butter either, like all olive oil and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Usually just all olive oil. There's coconut oils, avocado oil. There's tons of other things you can do. There's there's vegan butters too, so you can. You can use that if you need it for a recipe or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we have a we have three kids. Our our daughter, she's hilarious. She she loves meat. So if she goes to a friend's house, like she's getting her hands on whatever she can. Like I'm coming in and she's got she's eating hot dogs and burgers and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty funny. My, our middle kid, he's kind of he's hit or miss. He doesn't really care so much for meat, but he loves loves cheese and stuff. And then our little guy, he he's two now, and he hasn't had anything. So it's it's kind of interesting. We'll get to see how the kids grow up with, uh, you know, completely different ways of eating. I guess uh, I guess just to start their life out, they're they're kind of all the same now. But right. yeah, it's it's kind of neat. It's fun. Yeah. It's a little experiment, I guess. Right. And it's good that you're not like forcing them to like you can own, you can never have that. You know, you're you're like cool with them finding their own path. You know, because I I yeah. feel like the vegans get a, get a kind of a bad rap that, you know, cause some of them are like, my kid will never eat any meat. They're not allowed, but like, I feel yeah. like that just makes them rebel and want to eat meat more probably. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm all for the, the life happens, right? Like you, you, sometimes you're in a place and there's nothing for you to do and you, you got to eat what you got to eat. And if you're fine with it, you, you go ahead and do it. I could care less if, I mean, obviously I, I do it not just for, um, for health benefits. Like there's other reasons why, I'm into it that I believe in and I, I would hope other people would at least minimize the amount of, of animal products. But I mean, I'm not going to force anybody to do anything they don't want to do or tell people this because that's just not the type of person I am, but it works for us. And so we do it. So we'll let the kids make their own decisions. I like think about this. So like people invite us over to dinner or whatever. And like it happened. I went to Weber's house, Shea Weber's house uh, the first summer we moved in and he didn't realize that we were at that time just, we started out mainly just vegetarian, right? We were, there was still butter and things involved. And so we didn't say anything. We, we pull up to the house and he's got like, he's got ribs and chicken and all this <laughs> stuff. And my wife looks at me, she's like, what do we do? Like, what, are we going to eat? Or are we going to say something or what? And I could see her, she like put a few things on her plate and I saw them just move around her plate from spot to spot. Never, never ended up having any. And at the time I'm like, well, shoot, like he cooked this. So I think I had, I think I had one rib and then I gave the rest to, to my daughter and <laughs> she ate the rest of them. It was pretty funny. So it's like th- you get into situations like that. If they don't, people don't know and they cook your food or whatever. So you have to end up bringing your, you bring your food a lot of places with you. And if you're, if you are worried about your kid doing it, then you got to send them with food. And that just gets to be, it gets to be a lot. So you got to, I guess you got to figure out where your line is and what you're willing to cross and what you're not willing to cross. So not too, we're not too uh, worried about the kids right now. Interesting. Well, we learned something about you today. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Polly, I, I can just see the gears turning in Polly's head. Polly is, and I I rip on him all the time because he is the serial dieter. Like he'll be like, I'm only going to do this for this long. And then, and then as soon as he's done, I'm like, you want to go to the seafood buffet? And he's like, yes. And then we just like, <laughs> and then he's off the rails, you know, and then it's like, you know, it's interesting that, uh, so yeah, I guess you got to ease into it. And I always tell him like, Paul, you got to make incremental changes, right? But you can't just 
cut all this stuff out like all at once and think like your life has changed for a month, right? You gotta, it's consistency is key. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, not an easer. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie's <laughs> on or off. He's on or off and that's it. Yeah. Dude, I'm with you, Paulie. That's how I am too. I have to go, I have to go cold turkey on something or else it's no good. Like, like right now I'm like, I've been enjoying myself the last six or seven months or whatever, just kind of living the life here. And, and then I finally, the other day, I'm like, you know what? I should, I should like, the season's just about done. Guys are going to start working out. I, you know, I want to maybe make another run at it next year, possibly. I should probably, you know, get back into things. And so, you know, I have to, I have to go cold turkey off of, you know, any sort of sugar and stuff like that. And then my wife goes shopping today and I'm unpacking some of these bags and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, snacks. Look at all these things you bought. And I'm, now I'm battling. So. I gotta, I gotta load up on my carbonated waters now and make sure that I can stay full that way so I don't get tempted with it. Cause yeah, I'll fall off the rails too with, with junk food sometimes. That, that's, that'd be my kryptonite. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of my diet habits and your yogurt story, actually, <laughs> so I've tried keto a few times and it works when you're disciplined. But, mm-hmm. um, one thing I've noticed is, how much sugar really is in yogurt because the first time I had yogurt after being on the diet, I could have swore I was eating ice cream with sugar in it. Like it, (laughs) like extra sugar. Like I don't think people realize how like much, like yogurt is looked at as like a very healthy food, but it's very high in sugar. Yeah. I mean that the whole food industry, man, it's, it's, it's so interesting to, do some research on it because you just gotta be, you just gotta, you gotta read some labels. You gotta know what you're reading too, because they can be pretty crafty. So it's, it's interesting. It's fun. You gotta, you gotta be aware, do some research. Have you watched the game changers documentary? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. It, I was so interested in it because we were already probably a year in at that point. And so I was like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, like this is going to, you know, kind of back up some of the stuff that we, we'd been, you know, telling ourselves and, telling people who who asked us so i was yeah i was pretty fired up about it and then the the joe rogan podcast with the the producer of that um documentary and then someone who tried to debunk it uh it was a phenomenal podcast i think it was like three hours long of them just going at it if you haven't seen that you got time to kill like this is a pretty cool podcast too yeah it's actually one of my favorite episodes he's ever done um, oh yeah yeah i heard that episode and so then i went and watched the documentary it's all yeah. very interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. There, there's so many good doc. If you like documentaries, I mean, you just you just watch some of these uh, these ones on on food and it. I mean, I'm pretty I'm sometimes pretty easily convinced on things, and so <laughs> I just have to watch one thing and it can it can take me down a rabbit hole of of you know new endeavors. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and it's crazy because my mom has been a vegetarian her my whole life, and like. Oh yeah. Like, sometimes she'll eat fish, but I know that she doesn't even like it. Like she, but she <laughs> does it, and I'm like, you know, I'm always, I'm always giving her crap though. I'm like, you know, what if, you know, what would be really good with that is, is a steak. <laughs> and she gets so mad. She gets so mad. So you know, that uh, bless her heart. Shout out, shout out, mom. <laughs> um, Amazing. All right, all right. So we were talking about hockey. This has been an awesome tangent, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, really everybody. good stuff. Um, actually, it's kind of improved my mood, especially after seeing that, that heartbreaking loss that just happened. But I mean, 
so we talked about the the Dowd thing, and then you know going into overtime, and then there's there's a miscommunication, obviously between Samsonov and, and Schultz. And I mean, you brought up a couple of things. I mean, there's the you know it it seems to me that Samsonov goes to play it, and Schultz gets his wires crossed with him to say like, okay, well I think that this is going up the boards or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like he kind of makes a half half-hearted attempt with you know because he's already out of position he took the angle wrong and he's like trying to bat it away with one hand and and doesn't do it and gets uh gets an easy one or or cheap one it seems on on samsonov so i mean when you're going back for that puck at that speed i mean what's what's going through your mind well you you like to try and make your decision as early as possible because then it's just transparency for you and the goalie and everybody else you know is does he look like he's coming to pick it up is he you know are you going to go and peel off into the corner and then it's just a little bit easier to read but um it's like we said earlier that communication with the goalie is harped on all the time in dressing rooms making sure that there's no issues because the goalie turns the puck over you know usually it ends bad so you want to make sure you're you're as spot on with that as possible. But yeah, I mean that that's the, like you said it. That's the play is you're you're coming back. It looked like it looked like Samsonov wanted to play it, and maybe that's what Schultz saw. So he was looking back to see, you know, where the guy was on him, where his next option is, and and then you know then he's going to start to peel peel off. But maybe because of how close he was to Samsonov, um, maybe that's why he thought, okay, he's going to come pick the puck up. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna get out of here and get back to my net, and then you know that that's kind of where the miscue happened. I mean we don't know because we don't we don't get to be there if there was talk involved or not, and and then there's the language barrier and computing things is at at that speed is very very tough sometimes. So yeah, I mean I if it was me and and I had the benefit of having Wayne Gretzky's vision and thought process and everything slowed down. Um, it would go through my head probably to, you know, young goalie, first game back, playoffs, let's go and take the puck from him so he doesn't have to worry about playing it, and and I'll deal with it. But like you said, things happen, and and you kind of make the decision in split seconds. So then that's what happens. So I, I don't know. You feel bad for both of them because that's not, that's not really how you want, want a goal to go in to, to win a game. So, But that's that's what happens in the playoffs. One, one little mistake and – and there you go. Yeah, and have you it's it's interesting you bring up the language barrier. Have you ever had like a goalie that, you know, I mean, you've played with several uh, you know, Russian, German uh goaltenders, you know, Holpe mm-hmm. though. I mean, he's he was a Canadian, so that that wasn't an issue, but uh in your career, I mean, have you ever had like the language barrier actually be a, an issue? Well, I think yeah, I think it is sometimes just just because, you know, you a lot of times you just hear, you hear a noise, you know, you don't always, you're not really like enunciating these words all the time. You just hear a noise and then whatever that you, you think that noise sounds like is, is, you know, the play. And so if you don't, you know, if that's just not your first instinct to, to understand what that, that noise, what word that could be, you know, that, <laughs> that can be an issue, right? right. So you, you don't have time to think, okay, is he saying over or <laughs> leave it? You know, it's just, it just happens. So um, it would be probably a better question for the goalies to, that I've played that are, are uh, an ESL goalie, I guess that, <laughs> that, 
you know, how, how they understand it. But that for, for me, um, you know, I, I love playing with Holtz because it was so cut and dry with him with what, you know, the words that you'd say and he would do just that. And, uh, and that made it just so simple. And I think there's a lot less miscues. Plus Holtz could play the puck really well too. So if there was something that came up, he could just fire it and he would, and he would do that. But, but yeah, that's, uh, the communication is one of the things that is so important at the beginning of the year. It's like, okay, these are our words here. It's, it's leave it, it's over or it's up. And that's about it, you know, and, or there's hard. And so there's, there's certain words that you just say and you try and get them down right away. And as soon as you stray for a second, then it's just like, well, mayhem, you know, don't do that. You know, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that because (laughs) our beer league goalie, dude, I mean, he's, He's super good. He's a smaller guy, but um, he hates covering the puck. So I'm always like <laughs> screaming at him, like, you know, like cover it, cover it, or like, you know, come out and play it. Like, you know, and then obviously other choice words get involved, but you know, he's, <laughs> he's pretty, uh, he's pretty relaxed and, and patient with me for sure. So, uh, yeah. So shout out Smita. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play off your goalie too, right? Like the goalie, you know, if you know that your goalie likes to play the puck or whatever, then then spread out every time. They like, play with Carey Price, and he he liked to play the puck. So if the puck comes anywhere near him, you don't don't go near him. You know, like let him right. let him see the ice and do what he wants. Or you got a a guy who's not that confident, or you, maybe you're not that confident in him playing it. Then just go to him every time and let him know right away. Like I got the puck. So yeah, you, you got to play off your goalie a little bit too. So I don't know. I like I what I liked about Holtz is it was he'd go and stop the puck and say he'd stop it would be on his forehand or just whatever he stopped the puck all the call was 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 hard uh forehand or backhand so it was just easy he knew you know he's either hard ripping it up off the glass or he's hard backhand or you could say like soft backhand soft forehand and you know it was just simple so you knew which which way the puck was going but yeah it can get complicated (laughs) at that speed i bet i bet no doubt well what do you, what do you, what's your prognosis, man? I mean, we're, and you know, I, I did two guest spots last week with Bruins podcast and I was like, I'm normally here to like talk a lot of shit, but I can't like, you know, we were very injured coming into the playoffs. I think that Oshie's probably feeling it a little bit. Um, I mean, he's, he's a gamer though. So like, you know, we're going to see him on the ice, I, I feel, but I'm not sure he's a hundred percent. I think Govey's a hundred percent. You know, he, he never breaks for a reason. Uh, and that's probably largely genetics and being a freak. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, even Wilson, I mean, obviously Lars Eller, who I thought was, was a huge piece of that. You know, I call him the linchpin of the Stanley cup because he finally gave us that depth down the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. He's out. Um, you know, Kuznetsov looked a little shaky today. I, I mean, What's your, are we cooked? What's, what's going on? Do you have hope? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the team is, uh, uh, they're far from, far from done. Um, you know, the, the it, it's just, it's just a frustrating game. You know, it's, it's the way it is. You, you dwell on it for, for the night and then you get over it. That's the, it's the momentum thing. Like there's, there's momentum in, in the game, but uh, I don't think there's necessarily momentum from game to game. So that's uh that's something that's just done with and and over but yeah injuries and and the way guys are feeling plus an overtime double overtime game is something that we'll we'll see how fast guys can can bounce back from but 
I, uh, yeah, I think the team, the team is still there to, to do it. And there was some things that were better today. I mean, face-offs were, were huge tonight. Oh, yeah. They see how much more possession the team had just because they were winning some face-offs against maybe the, the best face-off team in the league. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I think they're up there. So that's something that, that helps a ton to continue to do that. But yeah, not having Lars <laughs> can affect that a little bit too. So I, I don't know. I, I think that it's still there. It's, they're they're all tight games, so they're they're going to probably bounce either way. But power plays, you know, I know there was a goal today, but got to bury on those chances. It's like what the team is known for is being able to score on the power play. So you keep getting opportunities. It'd be nice to to bury a couple of them. You know, not not not. Uh, well, I mean, one is still better than none. But you're getting that many opportunities. You know, bury bury a few more if you can, because that's uh, you know that's what the team is really good at. Yeah, and our, our PK has been good too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had that one at the end. Uh, but I think, I mean, we, we killed off that five on three early on. I mean, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that the pieces are there too, man. I, I think that it's not doom and gloom yet. I'd love to split the series just like we've done uh, at home, you know, because – Going coming back home three to one, that's that's a way more daunting task than uh, coming home with a, with a basically an even series, right? A, a best of four or whatever uh, you want to call it. So what were what were the the Boston uh, podcasters saying about their team? Like, what are they saying? Anything that they're worried about the Caps or what's going on with uh, in Bees Land? Yeah, so they were. Um... They were after I got on. They were a lot more hyped <laughs> because I was like, I don't know, man. I'm not feeling great. Um, but you know, I think that they called out that it was going to be an incredibly physical series and tight and long. They so you know already we've played almost another game. We played a, another game, right? I would yeah. other than the 39 second uh, uh, finish on the game two, but I mean overtime in all all three games and it's like the eighth time in history that that's happened and, and the caps have been a part of three of those uh <laughs> so you know overtime is like what we live and and die on um so i mean the one thing that they had said is and and what i think that boston's downfall is is they're hyped about debrusque finally breaking out and getting some scoring done uh but if that doesn't happen if we can if we can contain one line i think our chances are really good and i i thought that for the most part of this series the fourth line has done an excellent job of outscoring the top line on the uh, you know that perfection line if you will so i think mm. that's one of the big things that that they were worried about so if if for some reason the the top line gets shut down they're going to need debrusque and, and coil and those other guys to start pitching in on the scoring so that's what they were looking for, depth scoring, which we've – it's almost like a reverse roll. Uh, the fourth yep. line seems to be getting all our goals. And, uh, you know, the first line and second line are kind of a little snake bitten, if you will. Right. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And uh, how much of that is, you know, good good defense by the Bruins, which we all know they have. And uh, how much of it is the, some of these top players not feeling good. You know, right. maybe having having something ailing them and just not being able to quite put everything out there right now. So that's uh, yeah, we don't we don't know the answers to that that question, but it's uh, 
a little bit more well-rounded uh, offensive punch from the Caps, and they're going to be they're going to be looking pretty good. You get their your fourth line doing what these guys are doing. You kidding me? That's like your dream right. in the playoffs. You get you get production like that. You're you're laughing. So this is uh, it. All it takes is is the right spark, you know, and that's we're going to see it. So I'm I'm not counting. No chance. I count this team right now with with how good they are and how many how many good uh, veteran players there are. So that's still good. Yeah, and I think it's worthy to note that in the third, late, Backstrom hit a post, and then right after Wilson hit a post. You know, one millimeter either way, and that's a goal, right? That, that could be you know the difference maker. So, and that would have put the put the game to bed basically because those were those happened late. Um, and I think that. Like I said, snake bitten's a thing. Uh, I think that our team defense is doing well. Uh, these are obviously incredibly close games, all of them going into overtime. Um, so that being said, you know, we tighten up a little bit of discipline. We continue our team defense game. And the scoring, you know, for this team has to come around, right? I mean, fourth line continues what it's doing. Uh, maybe even regresses a little bit. But... At that point, I'm hoping that the first, second, and third line can really kind of pick it up. Yeah, me too. I, I hope we see it. I think we'll see it. <laughs> give us a give us a longer series than uh, than than five. I don't think we'll see five, but give yeah. us, it'll give us a nice long series. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I was after the first win, I was like so high on myself. Like I was like, "Yep, yeah, we're gonna get it done in five. That's it. I, I love it." You know, VTech goes down. I mean, that's something we didn't talk about. How tough is that to see Vanacek, who wasn't even supposed to be in the NHL this season, get his first playoff start and 10 minutes into the game blow whatever it is. I mean, it looks like a hamstring, maybe even a groin on that left side there. Heartbreaking, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, isn't that something? I, I couldn't believe it when I saw the game I, and I didn't see the first period. And I was, then I saw that Anderson was in. I'm like, that's really strange. Like, did were the first two goals like really bad or something? Like I didn't, I had no idea what happened at the at the start of the game, and then and then seeing that, I I was surprised. But I've been, I mean, I've been pretty high on Anderson all season. I've been thinking, I'm like, that's a that's an awesome third string goalie to have, and and he only played, I think, started four games or something like that. That's yeah. like, I'm I I would have probably tried to get him out there a few more times because I you know he has the stuff to to be to be the guy. You know, he's he's getting up there in age, but you can still rely on him pretty heavily. And he's for everything that the the coaching staff has said, he's like the ideal person to have as your third guy to push the two young guys and and be kind of the the calming force back there. So I'm I'm really happy for him that he got to that he got to play. But I thought Samsonov looked pretty good. <laughs> you know, he was I thought he looked pretty good tonight. You know, obviously we had that that play at the end, but um, he seemed he seemed fine. So. You know, we might we we may not see uh, Craig Anderson anymore, but yeah, you know right. it, it was nice to have him get in there and get some games, and it's just a good story, good feel good story. I think Absolutely. Sammy made some game saving saves that oh, for sure. <clears throat> if you know if he wasn't playing out of this world, we wouldn't have even seen overtime. No yeah, doubt. for sure. It seemed like his 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 reactions and his instincts looked good, like for being out uh, and missing missing some games and coming back into the playoffs. He looked like he was. Yeah, he was just reacting really well to a lot of things and being in the right spot, even fighting through some screens to to grab pucks. It was, yeah, I mean, it was pretty impressive. I thought it was pretty impressive, at least. No doubt. Yeah. The only thing I really noticed 
that it probably is because he was out for a couple weeks. He threw a couple of rebounds right into the slot. He did, yeah. But mm-hmm. luckily, you know, no one was there when it happened. I'm sure <clears throat> a couple more practices, a game or two, and that'll tighten up. Yeah, and our forwards are doing a good job of coming back and helping clean up that area too. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it's interesting, you know, now that we're on the Sam Samsonov topic, I mean, what's your take? And and we'll this will be, you know, we're we're going on like an hour and a half now, but. What is up with uh, Kuznetsov? I mean, rumors of exploring a trade and all this stuff. Uh, the whole, you know, team choice to suspend him for or sit him for that one game that they were late. Him and Sammy were late. And then the subsequent, you know, 11, 12 days where they were on COVID. I mean, you have any insight into that? Like, I mean, what happened or I don't, I don't know. I mean, anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have the inside the the dressing room answer for you guys, um, but it's it's been an interesting situation. I think um, he's a uh, you know he's a he's a player that you just you just always want a little bit more because you know he has a little bit more, right? Like you you want yeah. you want so bad for him to be you know the top Evgeny Kuznetsov because he's so so good, and then when you don't get it, you're just like. Just like why? It's like Alex Semen. Like Semen was the same way. He was so so skilled, and you just wanted to see that all the time because you would be you would be like having two Ovi's out there, pretty much. You know, like the guy could score, you know, with Ovi, and he could pass like him. He was the most athletic player I think I've ever played with, and and he was just like I just want a little bit more. Come on, please. And <laughs> Kuzi's kind of like that too, and so. What what to do with him? I don't know because because of all this noise that's happened, um, it's not great for your your trade value. And so you hope that it could be one of those things if they do decide to trade him, where it's like a you know n- new scenery and you know maybe maybe re-energize a, a player. But um, I don't know. I I have a it's it it doesn't something doesn't seem quite right right now. So I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what the team's gonna do. Right. Fair enough. I don't think what do you guys, do you guys want, you guys, what do you think? You know, as, what do you do with a guy like that? In your opinion, from, from watching, you hope, you know, hope that, that we get, you know, the koozie of the, the Stanley Cup, uh, the Stanley Cup winning season or playoffs or, or what? I think that we have so much invested in him that it's, it's tough. We're going to have a tough time getting a good return, especially like you said, because the optics on it now are he's a bad teammate. You know, unfortunately, I don't believe that's true, but Mm -hmm. there's optics out there that say, you know, from the outside looking in, he doesn't care. Uh, Again, I don't think that's true, but you know how it is. So Mm -hmm. I I definitely think that they're exploring a trade. They're probably talking to people about it, but they can't make any moves until the 28th. Uh, so of what, July, July 28th. Yeah. So after the expansion draft, you know, and who knows, maybe they expose him, uh, to get picked up, which I think would be bad because I think we can get a return for him, you know, and for, you know, on the, on the trade block. But I, yeah, I don't, uh, I was hoping that, you know, I tweeted, I was like, all right, Kuzi and, and, and Samsonov, you shitheads, like show us why you belong to be here, right? Like show us why, because I definitely think, uh, 
he if you look back to Samsonov in particular, you know, our golden boy, our franchise goalie, uh, he got injured during the bubble. He's had, he's been in COVID twice. Uh, Kuznetsov, you know, had the off season thing where he got banned for like a long time from international play and then had COVID twice. So it's like, they're both kind of like three strikes at this point. Um, and, I don't, and, and, you know, Lavi and the team has been very tight lipped about details behind that. I don't know if we'll ever find mm-hmm. out the true what's going on, but I mean, Polly, what do you think? I, I don't, I, I don't want it. I, if he can come back and be the koozie that we wanted to be, even like a, maybe like a couple notches down that that's still worth keeping as long as he can <laughs> jive with the team. But if he's burned bridges, I don't know how. I don't think Lavi is going to be able. I think that at this point, it's not. They're not going to take. They're not going to fire Lavi and keep Kuznetsov. And if Lavi has a hard stance against him, I think that Lavi might win this one. If 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 that makes any sense. What about mm-hmm. you, Paulie? Uh, I'd love to keep him, but if it's going to be an issue, um, <clears throat> yeah, I hope we get some kind of return. Um, it'd be nice to get some proven talent. In a, in a draft pick. I think he's worth that. Uh, I think I said on a podcast or two ago, um, it'd be nice to get like Brady Kachuk and a draft pick or Zegras in a draft pick. Um, I don't, I'd hate to see Kuzi go to those teams though. Uh, <laughs> go to Ottawa or Anaheim. Right. But, you know, hopefully he turns it on and, becomes a real difference maker like he can be that i mean i guess my thought is just hope i yeah i hope everything works out great sure and i mean yeah. you, you know kuznetsov somewhat personally right i mean you spent some time with him is, yep. is do you is that a, i mean like i said i don't think he doesn't care but does he i mean is he that guy that's just kind of like fuck it or is he super dedicated and, and whatnot i mean or is he kind of just middle of the line like what is he like well, you I mean, uh, I, I don't know if anything has changed in the last few years, but when I was there, he was, I, I thought he was awesome. He was like fun loving, excited to be at the rink, wanted to talk to people, wanted to get to know people. Um, you know, was, was out there, him and Orly would be out there all the time early playing around, shooting pucks, like clearly loves to play the game and enjoys, enjoys hockey it seems like at least and enjoyed being at the rink and all that but just uh um i think he's also one of those guys that can see the game at a different level and play the game at a different level that sometimes it maybe frustrates him um why other guys aren't also doing that and and maybe can deter him at times and i'm not sure this is this is just my theory on it um so yeah i think that maybe that can occasionally get him down. And if things aren't going good, then he can, uh, you know, maybe check out a little bit, but, uh, yeah, you know, those, those trade, I don't think you're getting Kachuk and, uh, and a pick or prospect for, for Koozie. Um, I mean, even, even the other guys, Zegris there, I would assume they have pretty high hopes and it'd be tough. Honestly, it'd be really, really hard because, um, there's so many good young guys now that, you you don't really like to, don't really want to take a risk like look at what's happening in uh, I mean this is completely different but the D'Angelo in in New York mm. like this the defenseman like he was 
he was lighting up the league as a defenseman with points. And, you know, you have one incident with what went on with his team and, and no one wants to touch him, you know? Right. So it's sometimes you can get into a situation like that where, um, you know, that can really, really hurt your, your trade value. You know, like, I mean, this is also a different situation and, and this is personal to me, but it's like, uh, you know, when, when I had my situation in Montreal and we wanted to get out, but, they had just put me on waivers to send me down to, to Laval. It's like, you, you can't expect to trade a guy that's got a contract like me by sending him down to the minors. That's terrible optics. You know, like right, right. you want, you want to trade a guy, you play the heck out of him and you show him that, yeah, this guy's good. You build him up in the media, all this stuff. And then everyone starts to take notice like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take this guy. So for them to do that, maybe with Kuzi is something that's pretty important and hopefully he can, he can do something like that this playoffs and then they can decide, you know, we, we hold on to him or, or we maybe try and uh, cut ties while, while stocks a little bit higher. So it's a, it's, it's a bit of a game, a bit of a mind game that you can sometimes play, but um, I don't know. I mean, him and Ovi, I think are pretty tight too. So you you probably, probably going to run something by Ovi. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and you know, there's a strong Russian presence on the team. So, you know, you don't want to piss everybody off there. Again, I want to. I want Kuznetsov to stay. I think he's a solid mm-hmm. center, and I think that you know, yeah. I mean, like, say what you will about his defensive game or whatever, but when you have a team like the Caps who has like such a like a great third and, and fourth line, you're allowed to take some offensive liberties with letting a guy kind of be creative and, and drive play <laughs> in that way, right? Uh, yep. So. My, yeah, I, I, I guess I should really just say I'm really hopeful that the team figures it out because I agree with you, Carl. I don't think we're going to get a great, great return. I think that we would get a somewhat serviceable third line center uh, for him and maybe like a third round pick, which I that's not going to that's not a good return for Kuznetsov, a, a, a possible Con Smythe winner, you know, Con yeah. Smythe talk 2018. So, yeah. Who knows if it's there's a there's a rub there with Laviolette because I know Laviolette is uh, you know he wants it his way uh, but then again I've heard that you know Laviolette's pretty pretty cool with like working with uh, working with players and kind of getting what you can out of them so who knows who knows and, and yeah. to your point uh, Kuznetsov's no spring chicken anymore you know he's on he's in his thirties uh, he's gonna be you know I think he's thirty now. Uh, if not very close to. So, you know, trying to find a guy who's like in their early 20s is going to be, you know, probably a not like a, a no, a non starter, if you will. Um, so that, I mean, that's great insight, man, because I think uh, Caps Nation kind of needs a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little insight there to, to not want to ship him off so quickly and, and a little reality check for sure. Yeah. He's a rare, rare, rare breed, rare talent. So if you can make it work, you make it work. But we need to know the in, inside, inside uh, scoop on on what's going on before before anything can be made, which we won't, we won't get to know, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, well, to wrap it up, I heard your interview on the Hershey Bears podcast with old Richard Blosser. You know, he's a big he's a big uh, collab with us he's a super passionate ahl guy you know those are the those are the real hockey fans man the guys that fall around the ahl teams you know yeah yeah <laughs> um and so i had heard you'd said you're trying to make a move back to dc is that can we can we get a little exclusive on that 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's in the works right now. We um, there's just lots of stuff that needs to needs to go down first. So I guess not lots, a few things, but um, getting getting a work visa these days is uh, a little bit tougher when you're not when you're not a professional hockey player. They don't come through in a week <laughs> anymore. Right. It takes uh, it can take multiple weeks and sometimes longer. So um, yeah, we're working on that right now. I have a. I had a awesome awesome neighbor when i was there and uh he offered me a job like five years ago six years ago while i was still playing he's like when you're done i got i got something for you if you want to if you want to come and work with me it'd be a blast and so i'd always thought about it and and now um yeah now now that we're kind of possibly at that at that stage um dc was it i mean it, it always felt like home for for me and for my wife ever since we were there we just just love the area and think it's a an amazing place to to raise a family as well. So we've been kind of looking for a reason to get back there, and we found our reason. And then there's a couple stuff with uh, a couple things with the the team that I'd like to do help out with their uh, um, alumni program because there's not a ton of younger alumni that are still in the area. So that would be fun. And then uh, the NHL has a learn to play program as well that I'm hoping to. Um, maybe, maybe take the reins in working, working that program. So yeah, there's a few things to go. (laughs) We'll, we'll see. I got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Dude, that's awesome. Can you tell us what the job is or do you not want to, do you not want to blow that right now? Well, yeah, no, I I don't think it's an issue. Um, it's, uh, the company is called Thundercat Technologies and they're actually a cybersecurity company, which I don't know a ton about, uh, cybersecurity and tech, but I'm, I've always been really, really interested, and I think that's part of the reason why he he uh, said I should come and work with him is because I was always asking him so many questions about his job and what what it was like and what he was doing that day or what he was working on, and it's just maybe because it's so foreign to me. That's why I've taken an interest in it because I want to I want to learn a little bit more about it. But um, I would be more on the uh, I guess probably like the sales and marketing side, trying to trying to develop some relationships with uh, with the different the other companies that they're working with and try and facilitate the the talks and and bring back any any uh, comments concerns questions things like that that's probably more along the lines of my role so um, we're, we're trying to get that going right now but we're still we're still months away we'll see you're the people guy yeah I'll be the people guy yeah we'll uh, hopefully make sure all the people are happy <laughs> happy with our services. Fill out my survey, please. Can rate me Google five stars. <laughs> five, five stars, stars only. <laughs> yeah, five stars only. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. Well, congrats. I mean, uh, where where do you think you you would live? I don't remember where you lived before. Was it like Arlington or, or where? Uh, yeah, yeah, we lived in Arlington. Um, we'll probably be I don't know either there, or McLean. A lot of the guys are kind of in that area, so we'll probably try and stick to that and. Um, really great public schools and all around that spot. So that's, that was a, it's a big draw for us as well. So yeah, somewhere like that, but like I said, <laughs> we, we can't put the cart before the horse. We gotta, we gotta be able to get into the country first before we can uh, really start laying down some roots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I went to Fairfax County public schools and, you know, maybe, maybe you could find a, 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 a high school coaching job, dude. <laughs> Yes, be the be that PE teacher or something like that. No, I, I don't know. I'm I we'll, we'll see. There's so many things that that I'd like to do that I have a hard time focusing on just just one. And uh, so 
you know, if, if this is what we do with, with Thundercat, then that's the, that'll be the number one focus. And then we'll try and, you know, make sure we find a little bit of time for everything else. Plus obviously family is, is, uh, is, is, is the actual number one. So sure. Yeah. We'll see, see what we can, uh, see what we can carve out. Dude. And it's, it's funny because like you said, uh, like the learn to play type thing, like I remember when I was playing hockey, uh, in, in Nova and, uh, who's it? Paul Mulvey. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was always <laughs> running awesome. clinics and you know, I was yeah. an idiot. I didn't know who the hell he was. Cause you know, he played in like, you know, early eighties, I want to say. And so I was like, you know, whole, like, I mean, he was obviously the coach. So I was listening to him, but he was like, he was always like there and, and running clinics and stuff. So you yeah. could be the next Mulvey. I'll be that guy. Yeah. I'm going to teach the kids. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be so much stick on puck and, and defensive battles. It'll be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no offensive forwards coming out of Northern Virginia for right. the next 15, 20 years. <laughs> right, right. Everybody's everybody's eating shots. <laughs> Shot yeah. puck extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, I'll have the foam pucks out there and I'll be ripping them off all these kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what my role would be exactly, but I'd, I'd love to help out. I mean, I'd I want to give back to to the community as much as possible. We have, we have ideas for a foundation that we want to start too. And I don't, I'm not going to say who, because it's also early, but there is a potential, another X cap that's going to be coming back. That would be a huge addition to the community. So we'll just tease that a little bit. No, we'll, we'll break it later when, when we get confirmation. Absolutely, dude. Uh, you're going to have to give us like some sort of exclusive, like early on, you have to let us know, even if it's like a, 10 minute bit where you just pop on and say like, Hey, we're launching this thing. Well, we'll give you prime placement. Like literally right after the ad read, you can come on and, and just start plugging away at all the new stuff that you're going to do. <laughs> I, I promise you that we owe you that for sure. Uh, well, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll have a laundry list of, of things. I'll, I'll probably blab forever. That's just the way, the way, the way it is. And, uh, but yeah, I'll make sure I let everybody know what's going on. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, we wish you the best of luck, man. Again, it's always like such a pleasure talking to you and, and the insight that you give. Um, and you know, we kind of already went through like what you're going to plug because I know you're not a big plug guy, but, but to, you know, stay tuned caps fans. We're going to have hopefully some, some big news in the ne- in the coming months with Carl. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess we'll cut it at that. It's been almost two hours. <laughs> so it's a long Monday epi, which is, which is going to be good. Um, Caps fans, we're not out of it yet. You know, hopefully this is a little bit of a pick me up episode for you. Um, and, and I guess we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, um, unless you have anything else, Carl, you got anything else? No, I mean, I, I, I blew all the quality time, uh, bucket that I have with my wife tonight. So I might have 10 more minutes to try and fill that bucket up. So I should probably go and do that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Cuddle time, you know, uh, or or big spoon, be the big spoon, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will go do that. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, and your very own Carl Osner signing off. Remember, we're still in it. Stay, uh, Stay positive, Caps fans. Take care. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
and follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.